I'm Megan Skidmore, and welcome to the Beyond the Shadow of Doubt. I'm a woman, daughter, sister, spouse, mother, life coach, and person of faith on a mission to normalize asking questions and allowing doubts on a faith journey and all aspects of life. Join me as I bring this traditionally taboo topic out of the shadows of shame and into the light. I firmly believe we normalize through more talking and engaging in discussion. More talking peels back, exposes, and erases the layers of shame associated with asking questions and allowing doubts. When we are more authentic about our journey, we are more powerful because shame has no power in the face of authenticity. The Beyond the Shadow of Doubt podcast is a proud member of the Dialogue Podcast Network, which is part of the Dialogue Journal found at dialoguejournal.com. Founder Eugene England was a Mormon writer, teacher, and scholar who wrote, My faith encourages my curiosity and awe. It thrusts me out into relationship with all creation and encourages me to enter into dialogue. My hope is that this podcast is an extension of that vision. I am so excited to share with you that the Love Loud Music Festival is coming to the Lone Star State. Founded in 2017 by Dan Reynolds, Love Loud is a catalyst to bring communities and families together to help ignite the vital conversation about what it means to unconditionally love our LGBTQ friends and family. Love Loud offers hope to people, letting them know they're not alone and encouraging acceptance in the home and community. It all begins with talking, sharing, and showing the realities of what LGBTQ individuals face daily. If you are in Texas and interested in volunteering along with me and some of your fellow Texans, please reach out and I will connect you with the right person. I would love to stand side by side and serve along with you. More information is on their website, which I have listed in the show notes. I would love to know what, I know know how I uh, view personal revelation. I sometimes call it my... um, you know, connecting with that inner wisdom inside that capital I, capital W inner wisdom, uh, my inner knowing in, in my faith journey, I've learned there's, there's more ways than one to describe that connection that we each have with the divine. It's, it's innate, it's within us. I would love to know that's, thank you so much for bringing that up and bless those missionaries for uh, driving that home to you and for you to receive that, the importance of that, that message of um, free agency. You, you have that ability. I want, I want to know your, what, what's Liv's definition, experience of personal revelation. What does that mean for you? For me is being able to have a conversation with Heavenly Father and that close relationship that I didn't feel I had for many years and a lot of times he by the products of the spirit like that calm that peace that just Mm -hmm. feeling of him reassuring you're doing what's right or yes this is what I meant no live like Mm -hmm. this is not actually what we were trying to say but to me the most important part is when I feel like he trusts me. Sometimes I don't get that 100% 
yes, this is the path or no, this is not the path. Sometimes I have this feeling of being heard, but no answer is sent back. And that's still revelation for me because free agency, again, a lot of people I feel try to put a fine print of free agency. You have free agency, Mm -hmm. but only if you're choosing what's right. You have free agency, but you can only choose between A and B. And for me is you can make your own decisions and the Heavenly Father trusts you to make your own decisions. But if you make the wrong decision, one, you are going to have to be ready to deal with the consequences. And two, he loves you so much that he's going to offer you a way to rectify your path. And that might be an immediate way. That might be a long-term way. But I just, I just don't believe in a God that is silent. I don't believe in a God that's vindictful. And I just, I was talking to my husband the other day. Um, I always bring random questions to my husband and no, I don't do it on purpose. This is, I think just my ADHD brain that like spits out things. And then <laughs> I move on with my day and he's the opposite. And he's just over and over and over like the same thing. So we were just sitting and I was like, Matthew, this whole idea of, Satan and because I still have like Catholic remnants in my knowledge. For sure. Right? It, it created you, it, it molded yeah. you, it developed you. But I'm like, look, it makes no sense that Satan would be the one in charge of like punishing those that don't follow God because it lives logic and way of thinking. Like <laughs> Satan doesn't like God right? He rebelled against him and all that. So why would he do his dirty job then? Why would he punish those that didn't obey him? If anything, he would be Paul's with the people that disobey God because they're all disobedient. So I will throw those things at Matthew and then I'll move on with my day. And a month later, I might think about it again and look for like scriptures or just doctrine to try to explain it. But Matthew would stay thinking through the whole month and coming up with theories but I think it's important right those are little things that sometimes we don't stop and think about Um, we believe in eternal families and sometimes I stop it and think okay I believe in eternal family and that I need to do everything that it's within my possibilities to keep my family in the gospel and be sealed in a temple and everything so that we can dwell together for eternity. But we also believe that we're going to follow the example of Christ and go and create other worlds. So then who's visiting who? Like, am I visiting my parents in their world? Are they coming Mm -hmm. and visiting me? Like, like, how's that really going to work? I've learned. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. So it's just like those little things that I'm like, and also the fact that a lot of people, and this is something the missionaries would tell me like, oh, the main difference, one of the main differences is that we believe in eternal families and blah, blah. And I'm like, well, as a Catholic, I was never taught like, yes, eternal families are a thing, but that was just assumed. Like I never 
thought of the idea of there's a chance my family won't be together forever. And I know, and I, I share this um, in a chance I had to have a conversation with Ben Shalati and Charlie Burt. I was like, when people misinterpret the, in the Catholic marriage ceremony, when they say till death uh, do you apart, right? But if you listen to the whole phrasing, it first talks about going through adversity together, health and sickness, poverty and richness, and then says until death do you apart. In my understanding, it's because all the things that were mentioned before are temporary experiences on earth. Once you die, you're not going to have to deal with sickness. You're not going to have to deal with poverty because we're all going to be in the same spiritual realm. So I think that's why my brain was always like, well, my, like, wait, what? Like I could lose my family. Like, and I didn't even think about that as a convert, right? As a convert, like, wow, yes, family's going to be forever. But now live 13 years after getting baptized is like, wait a second. If anything, the LDS church taught me the fear of losing my family. The fear of not being able to be there with my parents forever. And that is, I, I'm still trying to rasp my head around it. And a lot of people are like, well, then why do you stay? If you, if this the fear based in certain doctrines or certain things you do out of like not knowing or whatever, I stay because for me, this is what I've, what has made the most sense. Because for me, this is what I felt God has told me this is where I need to be. Does that mean I'm there every single Sunday? No. Like, I'm not going to be honest. But yeah. it, it, I do what works for me and for my family. So I think that goes back to what you said about personal re revelation, Liv. Um, and I just want to add, you know, <clears throat> what an answer that somebody receives to a question of, you know, that they have in their heart that they take to God in prayer isn't it's not supposed to be the same answer as somebody else I that's what makes it personal um hope that I'm expressing this in the way that I'm I'm thinking it in my mind and feeling it in my heart you, you talked about free agency you talked about Sometimes that means making a, a choice that may or may not be the best for us at the time, but throughout our entire conversation has been this thread of a theme of we each have a different path. Just like you've talked about your upbringing in Catholicism, that was part of your path. It It introduced you to this beautiful opportunity to have a relationship or to understand better the divine. Um, <clears throat> it taught you about the importance of families, something that your dad still uh, stresses, right, to you all, uh, even though his kids are adults. Um, and so obviously family is an important part of that. I, I'm just, I've just learned that I'm at a place where I have probably more questions than answers and and that's okay 
that's okay. If I, it's a skill, I believe it's a skill to allow yourself to sit in some discomfort, to allow the uncertainty. I think that inversely actually lends to a more expansive view of life, of spirituality, of, of family, of relationships, of joy, um, you know, of the opposite as well, sorrow and all of those things. Um, <clears throat> I don't believe we're meant to have Xerox copies, ex- Xerox copied experiences in life. Um, you talked about the importance of families and coming up and this will be published on Dia de los Muertos, the first day of November. Um, I remember I was first introduced to this holiday. Is that what we call it? Um, Like introduced to the way it was celebrated and honored and um, acknowledged when I served a mission for the LDS church. I went Spanish speaking in Houston and I wasn't sure at first what to think about it, not having grown up with it. Like I knew about Halloween and um, how it, and, and the themes and and what was celebrated. And there's people who are uncomfortable with that and people who are okay with that. But as I have learned a little bit more about Dia de los Muertos, it's actually a celebration of your family. And, and those who have come before you, when you sent me by text that picture of your display, with decorations, but with framed pictures of, I can only assume they were your grandparents or maybe uh, beloved aunts and uncles or other family members. I'm like, that's such a beautiful uh, view to have, Um, a healthy view to have of death, something that Often we shy away from talking about too much in depth anyway. And I want to hear from you, but my my guess is that you you see the whole person, right? When you're honoring the past, you you can't ignore the bad and only focus on the good. I'm not saying that you're focusing on the bad, but just you see the whole picture. Sometimes when we look at our own histories, we tend to sugarcoat. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'd love to hear you share more about this holiday and what it means to you and the significance and this and the celebratory aspects of it. Yeah, of course. I I love the Adam Muertos. It's like I think it's my favorite holiday. <laughs> and it's been very interesting because even when I was little, um, I was the one in charge of setting up the ofrenda and I was just always just fascinated by it um as context and I think that this also is just my experience right um my mom has been sick since I was little so death was something that was always lurking so Mm. to speak um so I was very little when 
my sister explained to me, hey, there's a chance mom would no longer be with us. Oh, wow, so every, wow. every time we would go oh. to the hospital, I was aware that that could be the last time that I would see my mom. And the way I coped with it was knowing that at least once a year, she would be able to come and visit me and celebrate with us and eat with us. And I, it's really funny because my, so my family on my mom's side, um, they married Chinese individuals and the cemetery where they're buried in Tijuana still has um, a separation. So there's an area where like all the Chinese families are and an area where all the Mexican families are. And luckily they don't divide them anymore, but our aunts ended up Mm -hmm. on that side because of who they were married to. And it was just funny to see when November came and we will go and set up the whole ofrenda. And what, okay, let me backtrack a little bit. And then Spanish ofrenda is offering. Yes, for those yes. thank Spanish. you. And I saw a cemetery in the U.S. when I saw it for the first time. I was like, this is one of the saddest things I've seen in my life. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm not like I'm not trying to offend anyone. But for example, for us, like all the tombstones are different. They're very elaborate. Some of them have pictures like and they all most of the time have flowers and colors and stuff. And then. For Mother's Day, for birthdays, it's not uncommon to see families with a whole mariachi band at the cemetery just celebrate. Sometimes even when you're burying your loved one, not because we're happy they're dead, but because your life will go on. And also, you want to make sure that person knows that they're remembered with love. Uh, I feel like a lot of times, like you mentioned, people, someone dies and they become the saint, right? Like we all remember the good things and all that. And it's important to recognize that there were human beings and they had faults. Um, with Day of the Dead, it's actually, uh, there are things that I feel people don't know. Uh, like, for example, we set up the ofrenda usually at the end of October. Because on October 27th, it's when your pets can cross the bridge and oh. come visit you. So, so that it's, was, not, okay. it's not only about the humans. Um, and the pets come first because they kind of lead the way for the rest of the spirits. Mm-hmm. Then um, we have a day in which the innocent souls can come. Babies who pass, children just special beings that no harm they didn't do anything wrong and it's also so day of the dead it's a pre-columbine tradition that one the spaniards conquered mexico they implemented some christian catholic elements to it so you um, see a combination on the ofrenda so you have elements like all ofrendas need to have the four elements of fire earth um water and wind and that's why you will see like the it's called papel picado which is the decorations that are hanging that it's like 
paper with like the signs to symbolize the wind. And then you have water, which it's not only the element, but also it's a long journey from the spirit world to our world. The spirit world is called Mictlan and they can take a drink, right? But then there are other elements like people sometimes put crosses. Um, we put salt, which is to plant, cleanse the spirit. And my favorite element is the food. <laughs> uh, we have not only uh, a special bread and the bread is designed in a way that represents the skeleton of the deceased, but also you make dishes and you're supposed to put stuff that people like. And this can be like candy, it can be alcohol, it can be, um, and our friend out this year, we dedicated it to our grandparents. So my grandfather, my grandmother who passed away and then Matthew's um, grandparents and his granddad. And it was really funny because his mom's side of the family is German. So we call his grandpa Opa okay. and we call his mom and we're like, hey, what did Opa like so that we can put it on the ofrenda? And she gave us a list of things that were non-edible. She was like, he loved to run. He loved schools. He loved advocate I was like how can I put that and luckily my <laughs> son has this little school um, city made of blocks so mm -hmm. we built him a little school and their friend that to represent him and what I like the food the most is because one you're supposed to make food that has strong smells so that the spirits can absorb it that way but also because you sit down and eat with them and you have a meal with them and a celebration with them and you can feel that warm in a lot of cities and especially in smaller towns in Mexico you set up the ofrenda at the cemetery so families go and eat there with them so it's not this spooky dark mm -hmm. be scared but I really like and this is one of the parts that I feel prepare me to become, uh, to accept the gospel. And as that ideas like spirits being eternal, there being a spirit world, like that connection, the ability to see through the veil or to cross that veil, were things that my ancestors believed in. Yeah. So being That's able to really make cool. that connection was like mind blowing for me. Now, I run into some members that have been like that's witchcraft and because you do this and you do that and blah blah but I actually had an opportunity um to ask an area 70 which is one of our general authorities yeah. say hey I love celebrating day of the dead and those well I didn't say this part but those who know me know I'm very stubborn so in my head I was already like I don't care what he says I'm gonna keep celebrating it but just in case I want to know his opinion it's like my family celebrates Day of the Dead. I'm a part member family. Is it wrong? Is this something inappropriate? Especially because sometimes it might fall on a Sunday, which is our Sabbath day. And I'll never forget his answer because he said, if it's a family tradition that brings you together, there's no way that can go against the principles of the gospel. And that, like... That made an impact in me, not only because of Day of the Death, but also because we have different family members that have different activity in the church or different membership status in the church. 
And again, I just can't imagine a God or a Christ that would tell me you're not going to make it into heaven because your dad invited you for breakfast and you went out for breakfast on the Sabbath day. Yeah. I, I just can't picture that. Maybe I, I'm wrong, right? I feel and maybe those I'm... are very wise words <laughs> from the and, individual. And, yeah. and maybe I'll have to have this conversation with Heavenly Father during Judgment Day. Who knows? I'm ready for it if it comes. <laughs> I can tell you are. But, I have no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> but as of now, like, I just can't sacrifice those moments with my family. And based on the knowledge and the revelations that I received, this is what it's bringing my family together. Being able, I had a, we had a really interesting experience where a friend that this year, so every year we put everything away, put it in this container box and it's packed until next year. And we change photos um, because some people get added. I usually ask my friends if anyone wants to participate. So last year, everything was packed. November 3rd, November 4th, right? We moved houses, which means that box went from the attic in my previous house to the attic in the new house. We're getting everything out and we have this envelope with all the photos of the ofrenda. And because we, it, there are regular frames that we use day to day. And you're not supposed to have a photo of that this of a disease with a living person because it's like you're calling death on the living person. So okay. I opened the envelope and the first picture that I get out is my grandfather's picture. Now plot twist, my grandfather died January this year. Okay. So that photo wasn't there and it wasn't in the ofrenda last year. Oh wow. I don't have that photo on my phone. I don't recall printing it. So I call my mom immediately. And I'm like, mom, do you know where this photo came from? And she's like, I don't even recognize the shirt he's wearing on that photo. We still don't know where that photo came from. Wow. But for me, it was like, I didn't have a close relationship with my grandfather. But that doesn't mean it's too late to have it. I wish I had it when he was here on earth, but I can still have a chance to get to know him and to learn from him and of his legacy. And I think this is important, not only for those of us that lost someone at a young age or for different reasons, family problems, distance, whatever, we didn't have a relationship with them, but also for that people that maybe we had a grievance with and then life happened and they left this world and we didn't have a chance to tell them how much we love them. This is a chance to say it beyond the grave. And I truly believe that they hear our voices, that they can feel our love. And I can only imagine, I have friends that I know died feeling very lonely and never having experienced what a family felt like and what love felt like and what having someone there for you felt like. Mm -hmm. And if me putting their photo on my ofrenda and cooking their favorite dish somehow crosses the veil and lets them know that we still think of them, that we honor them, that we celebrate them 
and makes them see a little bit of light in darkness that they might be in, I'm going to keep doing it. And it's just, they might die, but they never leave us as long as we keep their memories alive. Oh, it's like your grandfather wants to be remembered. Mm-hmm. It's, um, and, and when you were describing calling and very cool that your husband is participating in this with you and you were calling his parents to learn more about his grandparents mm-hmm. um, and you're passing that on to Lucian I mean, this is a beautiful, beautiful tradition. Um, and I I have to agree with you. Anything that brings a family closer, that strengthens those connections and those bonds, even if they weren't super strong here in this mortal earthly existence, I agree with you. I think there's potential there. Yeah. I think that's a major part of the message that Christ brought, the hope that Christ brought. Um, I love hearing more detail about this tradition and about your experience, your your witness of the importance of a family and, and love and even bringing up friends who died without some of that in their lives and how this tradition um, honors them and their experience too. Um, wow, this has been been so amazing. I So many things live that you've shared, I know will touch so many hearts that will reach so many people that need it. Um, thank you for being visible. Thank you for being open. I mean, you don't have to, but you're choosing to. You're technically in what some would consider a heteronormative marriage, but yet you are out there sharing the experiences of what we, you know, would call the marginalized, those that are are misunderstood, not seen. And you are helping them to be seen and better understood. Um, I I always like to to finish or wrap up my conversations with one final question, and that is, what does it mean to you to live beyond the shadow of doubt? Traditionally, having doubts, asking questions is cast in such a negative light like it's shameful to do or to have them. And I'm trying to normalize that, break that stigma. And so the choice for my title of this podcast is very purposeful to live or or to go beyond that shadow of doubt. So what does it mean to you to live beyond the shadow of doubt? For me, it means to embrace imperfections. I feel like if you have questions, 
it's because you're paying attention and because you really care. You want to make sense of it. You want to learn. You, you're eager and curious. And I, I've always felt that that's how you get to know someone. You get to know someone by listening to their story, by asking follow-up questions, by actively listening and participating. And if I want to get to know my Savior, if I want to get to know my Heavenly Father, if I want to get to know the religion that I'm participating in, I need to be able to actively listen and participate. And that doesn't mean that I have to be disrespectful or that I don't care or that I need to be offensive because it can't come from a place of love. It should come from a place of love. I always um, tell people, because my first name is Jessica. I hate it. Don't use it. <laughs> Let's forget about that. But whenever people find out that my first name is Jessica, it's like, oh, why don't you just introduce yourself as Jessica? Like, that's easier for us to pronounce. I'm like, well, because I don't exist to make your life easier. I exist to be myself and to be happy. And if you don't at least try to pronounce my name, then are you really going to care about other more important and challenging things of my life? Or are you, are you just going to be there when it's easy and convenient? At the end of the day, we can all learn from each other, from our experiences, from listening to each other. And nobody is higher than anyone else to learn. True. Just as I learn from my leaders, my leaders can also learn from listening to my story. They can learn from my questions. Just because you never question something doesn't mean it's not going through someone else's head. And that's how you can help them. I see it with my mom. And I'm, I want to close with this. Um, she has been visiting this week. And she sees me with my son and it was, I think two days ago, we went to a store and my son grabbed a little car and I was like, okay, he's entertained with it. When we got to the register, he gave me the car and I put it away. And my mom was like, well, but he really wanted the car. He really liked it. And I said, mom, he doesn't want it. He just likes cars in general. He doesn't care about that particular car. And then she looked at him and said, Lucian, you do want that car, right? So then he looked again at the car because his attention was brought to it again. It's like, car, <laughs> car, 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 car. So we ended up buying the car. We go to a different store and he sees a bigger car. <laughs> and now it's the next car, right? And the car, 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 car. We are on our way to the register. I make the car disappear. And he throws a tantrum. Like... My child, not because he's my child, he's usually very sweet and easygoing, but he, when he throws a tantrum, it's the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And he's crying and people are staring at us. I even saw this lady tell her granddaughter, like, look at that kid and how he's crying and his mom is not able to control him and blah, blah. <laughs> and I pay, get him out of the car, the cart, pretty much had to drag him out of the store. And then he just flops on the floor and 
keeps crying. And I'm just standing next to him. I'm like, Lucian, you're going to be okay. You have this other car. And then my mom came to me and she said, I should have asked you why you didn't want to buy him the first car. I was like, mom, because I knew this was going to happen. I knew we had more stores to visit and he was going to see other cars. And he wasn't even that interested in the first car, but you brought his attention back to it. I love you and you're a mom and you have your experiences as a mom, but I know my child. I might not know parenthood as you do, but I know my child. And I can only imagine what the Heavenly Father goes through every day when he sees people giving the car or taking away the car without asking, without saying, why can this person have the car or why can't they? Mm -hmm. And just acting. And then we throw a tantrum. Mm -hmm. We cry, we get hurt, we everything. Because we're still learning, just yeah. like my son's still learning. And if those people were more efficient at asking, why has to be this way? Why this person can have this blessing and why this other person can't? When they're innocent, when they're learning, we're just, just figuring out who they are, what they want. If we were better at bringing those questions to Heavenly Father, maybe we would avoid more of that hurt because asking him would not hurt us. And I know some people say, well, Heavenly Father will never tell you to disobey a commandment. Maybe those people should learn more about the Bible, about Abraham. Mm -hmm. I, I, always, I love his story because in my opinion, it was never about Abraham killing or not his son. It was about Abraham willingness to be obedient. Mm -hmm. to listen so we should be better at asking those questions at feeling comfortable with those questions and some of them are going to be hard some of them are going to keep your wheels spinning like my husband still thinking about my satan and hell and punishment question <laughs> and some you might get an answer right away but you won't know unless you bring them to the altar of sacrifice yeah Thank you so much. I, I love your insight. Um, yeah, very well said. Um, so I have just a few questions that I throw out and I'm just looking for one word answers. This just gives our listeners a chance to get to know you um, a little bit better. Tell us what your favorite book is. Oh, I don't know the name in English. It's called Tell Traves in Spanish. Okay, it's called Travesuras de la Niña Mala. Oh, like, so um, we'll have to look it up <laughs> and I'll send you like, um, um, what's the word? Like, um, adventures or tricks, tricks of the, let me ill behaved girl or something. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Are you, well, I think I know the answer to this question. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? <laughs> I'm actually an ambivert. And oh, are you? People don't hey. like. People assume that I'm an extrovert, but oh, um, the book it's called The Mischiefs of the oh, Bad Mischiefs. Girl. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm an amber bird. Mm -hmm. I get very drained, but I yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel that very much. Um, what about your favorite artist? 
as in like singer or like in general? You pick. Hmm. I think my favorite artist is Selena. <laughs> Selena. Awesome. Yeah. She's, not just her music. I she was Mexican American and embracing yes. all those challenges. It's it yeah, has she was been amazing for me to yeah. look up to her. She was definitely a trailblazer. That's that's great. I was actually living in Texas when she died. I remember how sad everybody was. I had just gotten here. It's my mom. Missionary. So, mm -hmm. Believe it or not, Selena was in our ofrenda for many, many years. That's great. I and my mom awesome. was like, you don't even know her. I'm like, but she died too young, mom. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Okay. Are you a night owl or a morning lark? I'm a night owl. I since I have a toddler, I'm forced to be a morning person now, but in spirit, <laughs> I'm a night owl. I feel that. Uh, do you have a celebrity crush? Yes. Believe it or not, and I'm going to butcher his name because everyone would think it's a woman, but my celebrity crush is actually Timothy Chalamet. Oh, uh -huh. not, He's just so perfectly androgynous. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Do you do still or carbonated water or do you do diet soda? Oh, no. Coke. Regular Coke all Regular. the way. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and the furthest place you've traveled? <clears throat> furthest place I've traveled, I think, specifically um, the Sahara Desert. I went camping there. Oh, are you kidding? Wow, that's cool. Yeah. What time was... of year did you go? During the summer. It, I was crazy, but I was also younger. <laughs> wow. That that sounds amazing. I'd like yeah. to hear about that sometime. Yeah, seeing nothing but <clears throat> sand and the sky around you is one of the best experiences I've had in my life. I can only imagine. Wow. No obstructions, just pure sky. Wow. Yep. Well, if folks wanted to connect with you or um, have questions for you, maybe and wanted to reach out, what would be the best way for them to do that? Instagram would be the best way to okay. reach out. Um, <clears throat> where my Instagram is um, private, but as long as I see that you're a real person and not a friends asking me for my inheritance. <laughs> I'll accept you. <laughs> okay. okay. I will leave your Instagram handle in the show notes. Awesome to spend this time with you today. Thank you again for uh, making time in your busy schedule and, and all the things that have been going on. Um, it has been a pleasure. No, thank you so much, Megan, for having me and for this amazing conversation that we had. Yeah, it's been great. Beginning October 5th, the Dallas Hope Charities Collective Hope Coalition will be hosting their first ever book club and wrap up in November in honor of Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Week, November 13th through the 18th. We'll be discussing Dr. Brandon Andrew Robinson's book, Coming Out to the Streets, and how the book ties in to the Dallas Hope Charities fight 
to end hopelessness. If you would like more information, please send an email to chc at dallashopecharities.org. Books can be purchased on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, UC Press, or through used bookstores. If cost is a barrier, please reach out for alternative Hopeful Spaces is a Dallas Hope Charities component of Hopeful Discussions, sponsored by Mercedes-Benz Financial Services USA. It's a free monthly parent, ally, or caregiver support group facilitated by Megan Skidmore Coaching. Email chc at dallashopecharities.org for more info. Visit meganskidmorecoaching.com to find this podcast and additional free resources, including the link for a complimentary coaching session. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram for more or to send me a DM. Help the podcast grow. Please follow, review, and share with a friend. Thank you.